Welcome back inside the horseshoe, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as Tim says on his show, for a rapid reaction presented by Buyers Auto, driven by Buyers Auto for that matter. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. I'm Spencer Holbrook, and let's break down Ohio State 49, Rutgers 10, with a little bit of a feisty twist at the end, Tim. Shall oh, yeah. We? Yeah. And, you know, I think Ryan, I don't, I don't think Ryan Day got upset. He doesn't get upset at stuff like this, but uh, my first question, I got to ask the first question tonight, and it was about he and Shiana going at each other on the sideline there after uh, Jesse Murko just took off in Australian rules football fashion <laughs> and ran the ball because there was nobody in front of him. Uh, I don't know if I'd call that a fake punt. It's just like he took off running. But yep. uh, Aaron Crookshank came over and popped him out of bounds. And of course, a flag flew and, uh, and then some you know, I don't know, jostling. It was more like jostling than it was a fight, you know, yeah. or, or oh, yeah. melee. Jawing. Yeah, jawing. And, uh, and of course, Ryan Day's trying to restore order there, defending his people. And then uh, next thing you look up, and Greg Ciano has run 48, 50 yards across the field. I'm not sure he ever got to the full 53 and a third, but uh, he's come across the field and they're face to face and they're pointing fingers at each other and stuff. Of course, at the end, after the thing is over, they met at midfield and and I think Greg Ciano left by patting him on the back. and He still didn't look too pleased. No, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's football number one. They didn't throw the ball. They Jesse Murko took off running. Yep. They ended, didn't end up scoring afterwards. Uh, and then number two, uh, Rutgers gets a great gift when Emeka Egbuka can't handle that first punt of the game. Uh, and they turn it into a touchdown. They have a 7-0 lead. And what did Rutgers do? Rutgers tried an onside kick. Yeah. They're leading, and they tried an onside kick, Spencer. What's up with that? So, uh, and it was a not a very well executed one. The point is, stuff happens in a football game. Guys do certain things, and uh, I had no problem with Jesse Murko running because, like I said, he finally got to stretch his legs out like an Australian news football star that he was at one point. Well, and you know, Tim, uh, Rutgers was a alignment. Oi, oi, oi! Excuse me. Rutgers was a alignment disaster tonight. They had four or five off offside penalties. I think they had two on kickoffs, a couple on. Uh, just lining up in the neutral zone, yeah. uh, illegal shifts, illegal formations. Um, it was a disaster for the Scarlet Knights in many facets tonight. Uh, Mayan Williams almost outgained Rutgers on his own. We cannot say enough about Mayan Williams, and we're definitely going to get into that. Yes. Um, but, you know, Greg Schiano has more reasons to be mad than Ryan Day having his punter go out there and the punter on his own accord faking a punt. You know, you know <coughs> simply put, Greg Schiano got his kick tonight. And so, ooh. You know, there, there's You're plenty, tough on those opposing coaches, man. I've noticed that. There's plenty of reason for him to be mad, so it's not just the – but I want to clear the air because it's not just the fake punt that I'm sure Greg Shiano's mad about. Yeah. And so, you know, the fake punt is one thing, and it wasn't a fake punt really. It was just Jesse Murko, again, going doing on his, his own and doing his thing. But, you know, I, I don't think that that's the only reason Greg Shiano looked displeased in that post-game handshake that I did to get a photo of. I raced out there at midfield and, yeah. and got one. So if you haven't I got almost out, there. It was, you know, I'm 68. You're 28. I'm 25. I'm Excuse going on 26 here. But anyways, uh, Tim, let's let's get past the the, the fracas, the, the, the little bit of rabble-rousing there on the sideline yeah. and get into – the reason we're standing on the five-yard line has nothing really of semblance other than five for five Mayan Williams touchdowns. Yes. Um, he was absolutely spectacular, Tim. Um, whether it was turning one yard into three, three into nine, uh, one run into 70-yard touchdown, uh, you, you can't say enough about him. And, and his performance tonight in the absence of Travion Henderson uh, was, was a sight to behold. Yeah, and to think, you know, that he was like that late addition to that recruiting class several years ago that Tony Alford believed in. 
you know. That and a lot of people didn't. And really, he has been the bell cow for this offense, for this offense in the running game through the first five games. They're Absolutely. five and zero. Oh. He's been the guy who's always answered the bell. Pardon that pun. And uh, and delivered. I mean, Travion Henderson was ruled out after not really coming up to speed in pre in pregame warmups. That was no ruse run by the coaching staff, et cetera, based on what Ryan Day told us. And uh, all mine Williams did was when he said go in there, he went in there and ran as hard as he could. Yep. And uh, the big payoff, of course, was that big long touchdown run, uh, where just the the defense opened thanks to Luke Whippler and everybody else on that front line opened like the bell on the trumpet and he just ran straight up the middle for a touchdown which is the real payoff on a game like this but 191 yards rushing on what 19 carries five touchdown ties Keith Byers and Pete Johnson Keith Byers against uh, Illinois in this on this very field in uh, 1984 five touchdowns and then uh, Pete Johnson I think it was in 2000 or 1974 I think against North Carolina and he had uh, five touchdowns but to put yourself in the record book you're tied for the most rushing touchdowns in a single game in Ohio State history that's that's I don't care who you're playing that's a phenomenal achievement and Mayan Williams of course is about as humble as it gets when we're talking to him and or you know just pretty much just has clipped uh, quotes. Let's just put it that way. When it comes to, to asking him things, but he felt really good about his performance, and so did the team. I was talking to Kevin Wilson after the game too, the offensive coordinator, coordinator, tight ends coach, and just having that guy, man, a selfless dude, will go in there and just get the work done. Yep. It it means a lot. You look at the Cleveland Browns with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, seems like that little that little connection has lost a little bit of its uh, love, for want of another term with Kareem Hunt wanting to get out of there at one point in preseason. But the bottom line is, it's so valuable to have two running backs who can carry the mail. And of course, Dallin Hayden coming on big, but yes, uh, very, very impressed by Mayan Williams, not just tonight, but over the course of the last several games. Yeah, Tim, and when you put it this way, the way I'm about to put and it By the here. way, his third start, third career start, First two were against Minnesota and Oregon last year. Yeah, yeah, and then Trayvon Henderson took over that role in the game against Tulsa where he put himself in the record yeah. book for a freshman at Ohio State with 274 rushing yards last year on this turf, well, on the replaced turf now, I guess. Uh, you don't have to be that literal. People yeah, know what you mean. Yeah, on this very field. Yeah. Uh, so now you've got two running backs in this stable, Tim. Both of them are in the Ohio State record books for different reasons, yeah. and both of them can get the job done. Mayan Williams has been – uh, the better of the two backs this season through five games, but also I think Trevion Henderson's dealing with a little bit of a, an injury that's keeping him uh, sidelined. Uh, I'm really sure on the specifics there. We'll try to get into that a little bit more at Letterman Row this week, but obviously the story of the night is Mayan Williams with those five rushing touchdowns and then a defense that, you know, I, I talked about it, Tim, and, and I'm not going to give the defense too, too much love because I did, I was the one on the bold predictions video yeah, and in the but, practice sport to talk about just how bad this Rutgers offense is. But at the same time, when you execute the way this defense did, and you're in your gaps in a 42 to 10 game, and you're still flying off the ball on a 35 to 10 game when everyone knows that this game is already way in hand, and you keep the, the discipline to help Steel Chambers get that interception at the end. This defense is doing everything that a good defense does. It takes care of business in the first half, and it keeps teams down in the second half. You know, there, there are too many times, even last year, two years ago, Ohio State would get a lead, and then you would just see the defense kind of start to give up a little bit or let up a little bit. This defense doesn't do that. And I think that's where I'm most impressed in holding Rutgers under 200 yards is the trick plays didn't phase this team, and the throwback, I think, in the first quarter only got six yards, and that was, that was about it. And 
the the willingness to continue to go at it and I don't want to steal Greg Schiano's term but to keep chopping away on defense yeah. when you know that you've already won the game yeah and by the way uh, of course, I gave you all kinds of grief in the press box because just when you made your bold prediction about a shutout, I go, so many <laughs> things can happen that ruin that kind of prediction. And oh, it yeah. can happen earlier or later. All of a sudden, it's 7 to nothing, Rutgers. You know, this was a come-from-behind victory by Ohio State. <laughs> uh, as, uh, as our friend Tony Gerdeman and I were, were joking in the press box, all of a sudden, you know, it's big lead at halftime, and home, the homecoming crowd – turned into a home-going crowd, you know, as, as the second half progressed big time. But but back to your thing, yeah, I mean, that was a, a, an example of the win. The win was, you know, even Whipping. though C.J. Stroud said it was no factor with him throwing the ball, I kind of believe that, but I watched it be a factor on that punt when Emeka Agbuka got, got, got uh, surprised by the ball going maybe a little bit farther than he thought, and he fumbles it. So, boom, that puts your shutout prediction in jeopardy because they get the ball on, what, the 18 or 20-yard line, whatever it, it was. Yeah. And then, of course, they executed a really good pass play and got the touchdown. But the bottom line was they didn't really come close to another touchdown the way I figured it. I mean, yeah, they kicked the field goal, but this defense did exactly what I think you were talking about in that bold prediction segment about just taking this game by the throat and hanging on to it. Yeah. And that's exactly what this defense did. And a while ago when we were talking about Mayan Williams, you know, uh, I think Rutgers has a really nice defensive front. I think they play really sound defense for the most part. I thought they had a good plan against Ohio State for the most part. Uh, but they came in giving up only 55-yard average on the ground. Mayan Williams ran for 191. Ripped Ohio State ran for 250-something. Uh, when you can get 250 yards plus on the ground still in college football, you're having a hell of a day. Yep. The offensive line's having a hell of a day, and your running backs are running hard. And that's exactly what Mayan Williams and uh, Dallin Hayden did. So that's where the kudos really go. Yeah, Tim, and I, I was going to stick over on the defensive side for Ohio State, but now that you mention it, another thing that I've just noticed throughout these first five games is even when it should have looked easy for this Ohio State offensive line a year ago, sometimes they would just make it look a little more difficult than it needed to be. This offensive line right now is mashing, folks. It is, it is getting the job done and not just getting the job done and being, you know, okay, that's another win. The offensive line did what it, it needed to do. They're not just doing what they need to do. They're doing what they want to do. They're doing whatever they want to do. And, you know, I, I, I talked to Paris Johnson just a little bit uh, over by the fence as he's walking out. Uh, and, you know, I said, you're just throwing guys around. I mean, because they, they are. Yeah. I mean, Paris Johnson, I think, had a, a pancake on a passing play that had no reason to give, a, give him a pancake. But he got one there because they're just doing whatever they want to opposing defenses. And like you said, Rutgers doesn't have a terrible defensive front. <coughs> the Michigan State front isn't bad. But I also think that right now the way this Ohio State offensive line is playing, there's not a, a front on this schedule that it can't handle. And that's saying something for a unit that really, really did struggle uh, when you look back on, on last year. It, it did struggle. And so I'm going to tip my cap to Justin Fry and those starting five up front because yeah. right now they're moving people and they're not having much resistance because of the way the high level that they're playing. You know, post-game, uh, you know, CJ Strategy, you, you get one question, right? And I tried to ask three and one in one question <laughs> and uh, whatever. But, you know, my bold prediction was Marvin Harrison Jr. would catch at least three touchdown passes again tonight, you know, to match his other other two games. He's caught three touchdown passes in. And, uh, of course, that kind of went over CJ's head a little bit. But the point was there were some opportunities there in the passing game that di just didn't happen for one reason or another, sometimes because of pass interference, et cetera. But my favorite, my favorite, like, memory of this game besides 
besides Greg Schiano and uh, Ryan Day going at it. Yeah, we're pointing at you're each supposed other, to be, yeah. yeah, you're supposed to catch, pick up on that more quickly. Uh, was when they got down here at the goal line and it looked like uh, Rutgers was gonna hold them out. And it was like a, it was like that last uh, 30 seconds in a basketball game where the one uh, team takes the court and then the, the uh, defense calls timeout and then one team takes the court and then the offense calls timeout. It was crazy. And then finally, after getting stuffed a couple of plays, they run Mike Williams right off right, right off the right end there between uh, what, Cade Stover and uh, I think it was uh, Mitch Ross. He just created a hole. It looked so easy. Could have saved us about 15 minutes. And that's minutes. what gets me about this offense, man. They, they have some trouble, and then all of a sudden they just have a play that looks so easy because obviously Rutgers is dropping back in a two-deep zone. They're saying, you're not going to throw over us tonight. C.J. Stroud found that out to Hardway on the first play of the second half. Yes. The way those guys reacted to that pass. But, boom, what does Ohio State do to get that first real big gain that really mattered? Emeka Egbuka right underneath that. Yep. And C.J. Stroud hits a guy in stride about as well as anybody in college football. Uh, this team has so many ways of solving the puzzle. And like Julian Fleming said, you know, they're going to be even more explosive when Jackson Smith, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba returns. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we we're talking to Julian after the game too. And, you know, he's just pretty nonplussed about his performance. But the last three games have just been, wow, the coming out party for Julian Fleming in, in uh, major college football based on the injuries, et cetera, he dealt with over the last several years. And just, you can just see, man, I mean, because this was a decent defense they played against tonight. The world's greatest? No. But a very disciplined, fairly uh, well sound coached. defense and well coached, of course. That that falls in line with what I'm describing yeah. it as. <laughs> and, uh, and they scored 49 on them. Yeah, and, 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 you know, didn't really have trouble. It looked a little clunky in that 49 as Isn't well. Isn't it funny, though? I mean, that's, that's 49 to 10 is a butt kicking. Oh, yeah. Is a butt kicking. But we're sitting here. And we're, I'm, I'm not, not just me just and you. It just seemed like a little bit was off there, though. It I know, just seems weird. I know, but, but you're, nothing was going to come the real easy way against that defense until you really kind of like opened it up. And then, boom, all of a sudden, Mayan Williams, you know, runs half the field for a touchdown. Leaves and everyone else open. in ruins, right? Yeah, well, I call it the Mayan ruins uh, whenever yeah. he leaves people behind him. So, Tim, let's, let's turn the page on the offense. Uh, let's, let's talk defense again. Um, a lot of injuries starting to pile up for this defense. You've got Denzel Burke still nursing the hand injury that you've reported extensively on, uh, but he gave it a go. Um, still has those struggles in the back end right now. I, I think that's a confidence issue for Denzel Burke. I know the skill is yeah. there. We've seen it for, for a long time now, an entire year's worth of sample size. Um, he's not a bad player at all. I no. just think it's a confidence issue. Then you go to Cameron Martinez was out of this game. He's the guy in front of Cameron Martinez. Tanner McAllister <coughs> exited the game. Um, yeah. Saw Tyler you know, Williams. he's been dealing with like a basically a, a groin muscle strain is the way we understood. Yeah. Remember, he had to miss a game a couple of weeks yep. ago. He and Josh Proctor at the same time. And clearly that that was that looked like something that was bugging him when he had to stay on the field there and stuff. But you're right. Go ahead. And then you, you couple that, like I said, Cameron Martinez missed the game. I don't think that's a, a long-term thing. Yeah. Uh, but then we saw Tyleek Williams who went down. Almost looked a little non-contact to me. I don't want to speculate at all. But he was he, back on the sideline. He was though. chasing he was a, after yeah. the quarterback. And... He tried to make a cut, and, and you know, then he grabbed his leg. That, it didn't look good at the time at all, especially on 310, 320 pounds. It never looks good when they're grabbing the leg. But like I said, he came back, and he was on the sideline. He, side yeah, he went into the tent. He was on the sideline in his jersey. I'll definitely have to report on that and get, get up to speed there. Uh, the defensive injuries, though, Tim, uh, Tyler Friday didn't play. He's a captain. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're just Cameron Brown obviously missed the game. I, I keep remembering more because they just keep piling up, and it seems like 
no matter what this defense does and who's out there on the field right now, things are happening for them and they're playing well. And that's yes. one of the things that I you know, was trying to give them credit for a little earlier in this video is no matter who's out there, they're in the right spot. Like Cody Simon's the third linebacker on the field. It never looked like he was out of position. Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste is probably the third or fourth defensive end now. He, he was not out of position. And, you know, bad offense or good offense, if you're playing disciplined, sound, smart football on the defensive side, the success is going to be there. They played a long time without, turn, without creating turnovers, and Zach Harrison pokes one loose because he's in the right place where he should be. Uh, you know, he, again, Zach Harrison gets a tipped pass, and Steel Chambers is where he should be in the yep. zone, and so he picks off a pass. They're always in the right spots right now, and that's a credit not only to the players who are listening to the coaching, but when we didn't see that at all last year, you see Jim Knowles and the defensive staff getting these guys where they should be, and the results are coming. Yeah, Zach Harrison, I, you know, shook his hand after interviews and stuff. I thought he had a hell of a game. Yep. And when when you create yourself two turnovers, which is what he did, that that's huge. I mean, for a, for a defense that I'm not gonna say it struggled to create turnovers, because I mean they they had two four. Uh, uh, they stopped uh, Rutgers, for example, tonight two times on fourth down. You know, so that's a turnover. Four, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's a turnover on downs, et cetera. But just, uh, but I'm telling you what, man, uh, there's a lot of guys that are really playing hard on this defense, but Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg, compared to this time a year ago, not just them personally, but just the way the defense struggled to get uh, linebackers on the field, not getting caught up in the wash and all this kind of stuff, just uh, the expertise they're playing with, the awareness they're playing with, and then when they trigger, I mean, Steel Chambers, you know, running guys down on, to the sideline uh, three or four times tonight, just showing his speed, et cetera. Uh, and Tommy Eichenberg continuing to put on his clinic uh, that is so much different from a year ago. And then, of course, tonight, Jim Knowles dabbled, dabbled with, uh, not dabbled, dabbled with three linebackers on the field a few times at the same time, a 4-3 look, which is interesting because now, uh, starting with Michigan State on down the road, um, they're going to have to like go, well, wait a minute, why does he have three linebackers in there? Yep. I mean, there are all these things they put on video tonight which are interesting, but like you're saying, the, they're dealing with injuries uh, and guys are stepping up. Uh, uh, Cam Brown, of course, was, could not go again tonight, one of the starting corners. Yep. J.K. Johnson, I thought, played extremely well tonight from what I, from what I saw. Uh, Josh Proctor picked up where he left off after the last game last week at safety. Ronnie Hickman, you know, Ronnie Hickman has kind of been taken a little bit out of the limelight because now he, have, he isn't having to make half the tackles, yeah. you know, like he did a year ago when, when things were getting uh, coming out of the gate. But I think he played extremely well tonight. And then, uh, you know, Talon Kesterford, who, who are you also seeing coming on and playing a little bit earlier and earlier, partly because of injuries and partly because of the way he's coming on. Sonny Styles is out there. Kai Stokes you got to see out there and flash. So Caden Curry a little bit. Yeah, and Caden Curry, boy, what a bogus roughing the passer call that was. Yeah. I mean, he touched him about like this. You didn't even move. Uh, meanwhile, C.J. Stroud gets hit, initially gets hit when he's already out of bounds and gets driven into the ground yeah. down there and no call. So, yeah, I think both head coaches were a little bit testy when they got when they got face-to-face. -face. Yeah, and back to one point. Uh, if you find me steal two linebackers in the country, a tandem that are playing better right now than Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg, I'll call you a liar. There's, I don't think there's a, a tandem in the country right now playing better than those two. Uh, I thought maybe for a while that the Iowa tandem of Je Justin Jacobs and, and Jack Campbell were, but no. See, Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are special together. And the way they're playing, moving around in this defense, it is special. <laughs> now, Agreed. To, 
Agreed. Now, to your point, yes, both coaches were a little testy. Back to the original point of this entire show. Ryan Day had a little bit to complain about. He was really given the, the official the business there on a few different calls. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Greg Schiano, who obviously was a little testy after what happened with that fake punt. But that's just one of the many storylines that comes out of Ohio State 49, Rutgers 10, here inside the Horseshoe uh, on Saturday night. To open October, it's a nice chilly fall night, Tim. Uh, let's get out of here. So for Tim May, the 40-year bet, I'm Spencer Holbert. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to another Rapid Reaction presented by Byers Auto, driven by Byers Auto. We'll be in, Mich we'll be in East Lansing on Saturday for Ohio State Michigan State at 4 o'clock up in Spartan Stadium. Until then, there will be plenty of content all, all week and all year round at LettermanRow.com.